0: hallelujah Mark chapter 4 and while you're turning there let's pray Father we thank you tonight for all that you're about to do Father we look to you Lord God for for wisdom and direction and guidance and instructions Father you know all things and Father we come to you asking for your advice asking for your direction Father I ask Lord God that you speak through me preach through me teach through me Let your word go forth, Father God, with power and with glory. And Father, in the end, that you may receive all the glory for what's been said here tonight. Father, I ask for your direction, Father, to use me and anoint me, Father God, to speak your words. Let your words come forth with clarity, Father God. Let your words come forth with simplicity, Lord God, and with understanding. Let your words be practical, Father, so that we can take it and go home. And apply it in our lives. So Father, we thank you for meeting every need that is here tonight. Speak into their hearts, into their lives. Open up their hearts. Reveal yourself to them in such a special way tonight. And bless them. For this we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In Mark chapter 4, beginning in verse 35, is a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's a very favorite one of mine. Um, it's about Jesus and in, in the storm. Uh, but I want to show you something before we read the whole thing. First of all, I want you to bring to your attention to verse 35. It says, In the same day when, even, when, when the evening come, he saith, meaning Jesus, let us pass over unto the other side. Now look in chapter 5 and verse 1. And they came over unto the other side of the sea of the country of the Gadarenes. So, in the 31st verse, they're getting ready to go to the other side. In the first verse of the the 5th chapter, they've gotten to the other side. But in between going to the other side and arriving on the other side, there was a great storm. Many of our Christian journey is like that. Well, we start off someplace, we, we have a beginning, and we don't know sometimes if we're going to get to the other side, because all the stuff that we go through. I'm often reminded of the time when I first got saved, and I was just a young baby Christian, I was about maybe a year old as a Christian, still living in sin, still living carnally, but I was still growing and I had a lot to learn, so I didn't know everything. And, uh, and I was faced with, uh, with a time where I knew I had to make some very important decisions, very difficult decisions. And I put it off and put it off until finally I knew I had to make that decision. Well, if it wasn't for the fact that I heard a message being preached, and the one verse that I put all of my faith on was Mark eleven twenty four. 24. You probably heard this story before. Mark eleven twenty four 24 says... Uh, my mind goes blank. <laughs> For what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Now, that was a very, very favorite verse of scripture. And I rested my, my life, my, my faith, what little faith I had then. I put it all on that. And it was because of that verse of scripture that gave me the confidence and the, and the strength to make the decision. So here I am in my young Christian stage taking my first big step of faith not realizing that my first big step of faith I stepped into a fire and it was probably the something that I was not even prepared for. You know when you're taking a step of faith and you're trusting God and you're holding on and you're believing what the word of God says and you know that God's going to answer your prayers based on what his word says and I knew that God was going to come through for me. But I was not prepared for what I was about to face when I took that first step of faith. And so when I took that step, I didn't know how far my Christianity or my Christian walk would take me. All I knew is that God says he will look after me and take care of me and he will meet all of my needs. And that's all I had to go on. But I want you to look at this here because it's something, there's so much I want to share, but I want to slow down and I want to get ahead of myself but let's go to verse 35. And the same day when the evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there, was all, and there were also with him little ships. Verse 37. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, Asleep on a pillow, and they awake him, and said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea? obey him now I want you to I want to point some out some things out here to you Um, Jesus says let us go on to the other other side so the disciples followed him got into the boat knowing that they were going to the other side the moment the storm came and according to the scripture it was a very violent storm the amplified version says it's more like a hurricane type storm so if you were in that situation in a very small boat and you see these huge waves coming and the boat was filled with water you know it's something to be afraid of but in the meantime when all that is going on Jesus was asleep copping some Z's somewhere in the corner of the boat (laughs) sleeping peacefully and calmly now why is it that when we go through turmoils we can't experience that same peace and calmness have you ever felt a peace and a calmness when you're going through a storm? Not very many. I have to say that I, you know, I, I'm guilty of that myself. But here's what I've learned, and he, again, I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but as they go into the storm, the disciples all, all of a sudden, they forgot the promise that God had made about going to the other side. All of a sudden, they saw the waves and they believed that they were going to die. Which means that they believed that they were not going to get to the other side. So, because of this big storm. And so they wake Jesus up. And they said, Master, and, and this is very interesting. He said, Don't you care about us? Don't you care that we're going to die? Like it was something wrong with him sleeping peacefully in the corner of the boat. But if anybody was messed up, it was the disciples. Because Jesus was doing all right. Because he said, Let us go over to the other side. But what's even interesting is this. After Jesus rebuked them because of their little faith, in some translation says little faith, this one says no faith. But what really surprised me is what they said in the last verse, verse 41. And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this? that even the wind and the sea obey him. They questioned him. They wondered, what kind of man is this? Now that tells me something. It's true that they had little faith, but their little faith was based on their little knowledge of Jesus. The reason why many times we get discouraged and we uh, go into a panic... Or we become fearful or doubtful is because of our lack of knowledge in Him. The lack of intimacy with God. If you know God, that no matter what you go through, you're gonna stand and have done all the stand because you know you're gonna to get to the other side. Yes. Amen. 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 When I was going through my turmoil as a young Christian, granted i had no experience and i wouldn't wish this on any young christian growing in the lord because this is something totally unexpected and something that i was not prepared for when i faced oppression and persecution and all these things that were going after me and i and, and i remember crying crying at night lord you promised me this lord you promised your word said this lord why is this happening to me But in the midst of my turmoil, in the midst of my personal storm, that's when I get to know God more. Hold your finger here and go to Psalm chapter 62. The greatest time to know God is when you're going through something. Psalm 62, this was a psalm that was written by King David, and at a time, it was a very dangerous time, he was going through tremendous persecution, because this was the time when his son Absalom was in rebellion, and sought after his life, so his life was in danger, but yet here David writes this psalm, in verse 1 he says, truly my soul waiteth upon God, from him cometh my salvation, He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not greatly be moved. For a man to say this in his turmoil, in his storm, tells me how much he knew God. He recognized his God as being his deliverer and his salvation. He said, my God is my rock. And no matter what I go through, I will not be moved. What an intimate knowledge that he had of God. That word wait in the first verse verse—it's not a word we think it is. The word wait is the, the literal translation the literal meaning of that word means to slacken or to let go or to loosen. And that's an interesting word. I'm sorry. I take that back. That's another translation. This is to be silent, to be quiet. So when you're going through a storm, it's very hard to stay quiet and be still because we have a tendency, and it's a human nature to want to do something. We feel like we have to do something, and and here's where we get ourselves into problems. When we think that we can handle our solution or, or, or deal with our problems without first going to God, that's when we find ourselves in trouble. How many, I, can't, I can't tell you how many times I tried to find my own way rather than just seeking God for his direction and advice. And I would have saved myself a whole lot of aggravation and problems if I just simply go to him and learn to be still and be quiet while my deliverer comes to my aid. Yeah. And that's what David was saying here. He was waiting quietly, not making a lot of noise, not going to a lot of panic, not screaming and hollering. But simply waiting quietly, silently, being still. Because in stillness, you can hear the voice of God. Look at what else he said in verse 5. He says, my soul wait thou only upon God. Notice what he said. My soul waits only upon God. I don't wait for anything else or anybody else but God. Because he is my expectation. I have this expect, expectation, expectated hope from him. And he only, nothing else, no one else, is my rock in my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. When you know God, you know that he's a deliverer. When you go into the midst of a storm, no matter, and I believe that many of you may be going through a storm right now. Maybe some of you have already passed through the storm. Maybe you're about to get into a storm. But understand something here. Let me encourage you. Jesus says to his disciples, let us go onto the other side. Now, there might be a storm between that side and this side. But stand fast. Know that he's God. Because he's going to get you to that other side. He's going to get you to that other side. God's not going to leave you hanging. He's not going to leave you in that storm. But he's only going to get you through there. You know, what I love and what I encourage me myself a lot is when I'm going through something, I always say to myself, this is just for a season. This too will pass. And see, that encourages me because I know I'm expecting to get to the other side. So when you know that, it's easier to go through whatever storm you're going through because you have that quiet confidence in knowing that, Lord, whatever happens, whatever it takes, I know I'm going to stand and having done all the stand, I will not be moved because you're my rock, you're my defense, you are my tower, you are my salvation and my deliverer, and I'm just going to stay quietly waiting for you to come to my aid and deliver me and get me to the other side. That's the God that we serve. And so it's important that when we go through these things, that's the time to really get to know God. When I was going through my trials, I, I've never spent so much time praying on my knees, crying out to God. I mean, just crying, 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 because as a young Christian, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know why all this was happening. I so said, why do I deserve this? I've done the right thing. I made the right choice. I did what you wanted me to do. And for this but that was the best time for me because I got to know who God was. And although I couldn't see where God was taking me, and it seemed like like a long period of time that I was going through these trials, and there were times when I felt like, oh, man, it's like, do I give up? There were times when I felt weary. There were times when I felt, is this worth it? Is it worth serving God? And there were times when my flesh was just going in and just want to just take control and just want to do things that I know I shouldn't do. There's that human tendency, that human nature to just want to take over and just want to take care of the situation when God will take care of the situation for you. But what encourages me more and and oftentimes I look back and, and, and look at my life and that's something I encourage you to do as well. Look back in your life and remember how it was. And you may not like the way you were before, but man, I'll tell you, when you look at yourself today, make you want to appreciate where you are and what God has done. Amen. 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 So in the midst of the storm is when God comes through. This is something else I've learned. That in the process of making a decision as a young Christian, there were things that I was still holding on to that I wouldn't let go of because I was afraid and sometimes you know when you have to take a step of faith it's, it, it seems difficult and, and all you can think about is Lord if, if I do this I'm going to lose something I'm going to lose everything but when you let go of things you gain everything yes. and when I came to that point I, and finally let go that's when I got to know God Going back to uh, Psalm 46 and verse 10, and I quoted earlier, it says, Be still and know that I'm God. Well, that word be still is not what we think it means. You know, I used to think that it means to be still, be quiet, but that's not what it means. It simply means, as the, uh, the, the definition I was giving you earlier, it was for the wrong definition, but this is a definition for this particular word it means to slacken you know, or to let go. Now, listen to what it says. Let go and know that I'm God. Let go, slacken up, loosen up whatever it is you're holding. Whatever it is that's exalting above God, let it go and then know that I'm God. Yes, yes. When you learn to let go of these things, <clears throat> you're opening yourself up to, for God to come into your life and begin to reveal Himself to you. When you're in the, when you're in the storm, God reveals Himself. As your deliverer, as your provider, and I remember times I used to like to tell the story time and again. How when my wife and I, as a young couple with four young children and in a, a mortgage to pay, and and both of us working and not and, and having a hard time meeting, uh, you know, meeting ends. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> trying to pay our bills, <laughs> making ends meet. That's what I was trying to say. And uh, it's very difficult when you're going through that because you have this responsibility to feed your children, pay the bills, and and not be in debt. And it's very hard not to get in debt because the temptation to use the credit card and, and, and spend beyond your means so that you can be able to pay Paul, then pay Peter, and then before you know it, you're in debt. And it was a very difficult time for us because we prayed and we prayed and we sought God and and nothing seems to change. And it seems like forever we were in that situation. But I look back again. And I say, Lord, thank you for bringing me through that. Because you show me that you're a provider in a time of need. So when I, when I quote that scripture, I'm not just quoting scripture just because it's in the Bible. I'm quoting that scripture based on my experiences that God was our provider in our time of need. And there were times when my wife and I, we would pray and we cry out to God and and listen there were times when we were tempted to use our, our tithes to buy groceries just so we can feed our children there were times when we were tempted to use our tithe to pay our bills just so that we can have a little extra but we also know we knew better what the Bible teaches that the tithe belongs to God so we would never ever use our tithe for anything other than bringing it into the house of the Lord. Yes. But I can't, I can't tell you that that was not, that was not easy. <clears throat> that was not an easy thing because we had to trust God. And in the midst of that storm, for us it was a financial storm. We couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. We didn't know if we were ever going to get to the other side. But in that process, in that time, we learned a lot about God. Because he taught us, oh, I should say he showed us that he is our provider. There were times when he would meet our needs when we least expected it. When you get checks in the mail that you don't expect. When someone hands you a $100 bill in your hand and there nothing about your situation. When somebody pours groceries into your house and not knowing that you were going through anything... That's my provider. That's my provider. So as Christians, we go through, like Peter and Paul and the disciples, we're on that boat going on to the other side. But sometimes it's taking a long time to get there because of stuff that we're going through in our lives. But man, I'll tell you, you just hang in there. And don't question uh, God because he is the provider. Don't do what the disciples did where they question him, saying, what manner of man is this? I mean, Jesus was only with them for a couple of years and they've witnessed some of the great experiences, some of the great miracles, even at that time when he stopped the storm. But if we can learn to be still and learn to be calm in our storm and learn of God, recognizing that he is the provider, that he is the deliverer, that he is the healer, God will do that God will do that and that's something that I've learned in my life as a believer looking back and going all this way to, to this day and see how And it, it's, it's funny too because when you look back during that time you don't see it but when you look back you can see yeah Lord I see where you were when I needed you I see how you came through for me at the time when I was, when I was in need you answered my prayer and I thank you Lord because you heard me. God is he's a good God. He's a good God. I said he's a good God. And he loves us just as we are. There's a story I read. I don't know where I read it. But it goes like this. It's a, a shop filled with all kinds of beautiful pottery, different shapes and sizes. And God comes into the store looking for a pot. But he looks at all of the wonderful, beautiful pots there, but he's not interested in any of them. All of a sudden he looks in the corner and he sees an old, beat up pot. Cracked, got holes in it. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even on display because it wasn't for sale. It was just old beat up little thing that just shoved in the corner. But yet, God took an interest in that pottery. And he says, I want that. Of all the pottery, the beautiful potteries that were in that store, he wanted that one beat-up, jagged, holy, wrecked pottery. And he took it. It didn't matter how much it, it cost him, because that pottery meant something to him. And he took that pottery and he took it home and he poured his love, his compassion, his mercy and his grace and turn into a beautiful pot. Useful for the master's use. Glory to God. That's what he's done with us. That's what he's done with us and still doing with us now today. You are precious in God's sight. He loves you as you are and he's got a great plan for your life. If you're feeling discouraged tonight, I I encourage you don't hang in there you're going to get to the other side. Amen. But get ready because God wants to reveal himself to you. So if you're in need financially, God's going to reveal himself as your provider. If, you're he- if you need healing in your body, God's going to reveal to you that he is your healer. If you need direction in your life, God's going to reveal himself to you as your guide and your instructor. So don't shun away trials. They're a part of everyday life. You may get past one storm, but there'll be many more storms ahead. But look at it with optimism. It's not a pleasant thing to go through, but it's a wonderful learning experience because we know that God reveals himself, and that's when we get to know God even more. And here's one thing. While we're getting to learn about God in those midst He also encourages us to look forward to whatever challenges we face down the road. And it teaches us to be quiet and be still, just as Jesus was in our storm. So we become veterans because we know that, well, you know, this may be a difficult challenge, but you know what, God has brought me through many more before. He's going to bring me through this one. There's a song that we used to sing in the old church, a church I used to go to. Uh, perhaps maybe you know the sign these are the words "It you did not bring me back this far to bring me back again you brought me out to take me into the promised land though there may be giants in the land I will not be afraid you brought me out to bring me into the promised land you can say that he brought us out to take us to the other side Glory to God. That's the God that I serve. I, 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 I know that I messed up the tape guys tonight because I told them that my message was the exchange of life. But the message actually a calm in the storm. So if it's not too late to change the title. But <laughs> well, if it is, please forgive me. But I had to go with what was in my heart because it was burning inside of me, and I talked to my wife about this, is, honey, I don't know which way to go. But the best testimony, the best message, is a message that you can bring to people of your own experience, because that's when I learned about God the most. I mean, I learned so much about God when I study and meditate upon His word, but when I experience Him in my everyday life, through my storms and through my difficulties and how he shows up when I need him in a time of need and when he shows me he becomes my healer and my, my provider and my joy and my strength man I tell you that's you can't replace that those are the type of experiences you cannot replace but God is a good God yes. I said, God is a good God yes. let me share this one last thought and I'll close as a matter of fact why don't you go with me to Second Corinthians chapter two. I'm not sorry, Colossians chapter two. Colossians chapter two verse nine. It says for in him dwelleth all the fullness, in him meaning Jesus. Dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10 says, And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Let me say that again. For in him, that is in Christ, dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But in him we have made complete, which is the head of all principality and power. How many have ever been to one of those super Walmart's, all of them super super malls? Yeah, this one said, "Yeah, yeah. You love the mall." It's it's probably one of the best things that they could ever come up with. Because in those super malls, you have everything you need. If you want to get a haircut or your hairstyle, you go to the super mall. You want to cash your check? There, you can cash your check. Do you want to you get your clothes tailored? you want to buy lawn tools? Uh, you can even buy groceries in one of these super malls. But my point here is this. It's such a wonderful thing because if I need anything, all I have to do is go to that Walmart or Super Walmart or whatever it is because there's everything I need there. I don't have to drive all over the city just to find this and just to find that. I can just simply go to the Super Walmart and say, there it is. Jesus In Jesus, if we need anything, if we need instructions, we just go to our super savior. If we need instructions, we go to our super savior. If we need anything at all, we just simply go to our super savior. Because in him, we are made complete. And he has everything, well I should say he is everything that we could ever need or ever want. Because He's our super Savior. Amen. 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 Oh, that's exciting. That's exciting. How come you're not laughing? How come you're not? No. I just love to encourage people. Because I know what God can do for me, and I know what He can do for you. And I know that you can all come up and share a story and share a message as well. Because you all have a testimony. And I love to hear it. Because God, I love to see God being glorified. Because that's what it's all about. He is glorified in all that we do. And then when we go through that storm and we get to that other side, we have another testimony. We have something else to share that will glorify God. Amen.